The following is a presentation of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. How did I choose to win? The question is. You must learn to see things differently now. Welcome, friends, to the very first episode of A Rewatch Between Worlds. This is a long time coming. This is a show that my co-host and I, we've been kicking around for a long time behind the scenes. We've wanted to do, and then, you know, life stuff happens, and, you know, New Year's, and and quarantine, and COVID, and then, oh, there's a new animated show we're going to be talking about every week. So the timing has finally aligned the uh, Force Lothal Temple stones and, and paintings and everything are finally in accordance with where they should be. And we're really excited to begin this journey into what is our favorite Star Wars show, Star Wars Rebels, and some of our favorite Star Wars overall. Of course, could not do it alone. I alluded to the co-host. I've teased it on social media. I've named the man. You're all going to get to know him a little bit more now if you're not already listening to him on his Star Wars podcast. This is a friend of the show. He's been on numerous times. He just helped us cover the Bad Batch. If you're listening to all the Octo Radio shows in chronological order, you just heard him. This is the Imperial Senate podcast's Nikki Kumar. What's going on, my friend? Ah, it's going well. And it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's been a while kicking this idea around. Yeah. Um, I think like at least the majority of this year. Yeah. We like knew it was going to happen. It's been a bit. I think it was like end of summer last year is when I was like, I'm going to do Rebels as an entire show. And then, yeah. And then didn't have a name for it for a long time. And then we ended up launching the Mandatorian Creed and there was a bunch of other stuff going on. And, but now it's finally here. Um, We have our gorgeous logo designed by the great Brian Ward. Oh yeah evokes some awesome force imagery which we'll be getting into throughout this show it's it, that's one thing they will be tracking is sort of how things get peppered in you mm-hmm. get the, the early hints at certain things um and, and the visual connectivity and all that great stuff in this wonderful show but i wanted to take this episode to be an introduction to us and our relationship with star wars rebels because For those of you that aren't aware, what this show is going to be is commentaries on every single episode of Star Wars Rebels, as well as supplemental material like the Rebels recons that Andy Gutierrez did for Star Wars uh, Digital, StarWars.com and their YouTube channel, which are wonderful. So we're going to be tagging all of our episodes with those behind the scenes stuff. Going to get as many interviews as we can. So, you know, if there's a particular voice actor that you're excited about, trust me. We are gunning hard to get those for the show. Nobody would be more excited about it than us. But Mm -hmm. before we get into each of these tackling an episode per podcast session, I wanted to break things down, talk about where we stand with Star Wars Rebels, what it was, what it meant to us as an experience back when it started in 2014, because pre-Force Awakens and the resurgence of Star Wars live action, this was the torchbearer and this was the initial inklings of the creative direction it was a Dave Filoni led project without George Lucas it was a a sign of change and it had a foot in the George Lucas realm especially as season two ramped up and he was able to connect things with characters like Ahsoka and Rex 
but it also had a foot in the original trilogy, but it also had a uniquely, some would say Disney-fied aesthetic, particularly towards the beginning. Um, so let's talk about where you started, Nikki. Did you know that the show was coming? Were you following its production? Take me back to pre the initial premiere and uh, where you were at. It's it, like, like everything you just mentioned, it, it's such a like specific moment in fandom time, I feel. You know, the, the weird thing with Rebels, for anyone who was um, keeping up with it as it was being announced, uh, or announced, developed, or whatever, it was following up a groundbreaking, like, series for Star Wars, The Clone Wars, right? And The Clone Wars had been sort of unceremoniously yanked. There was, you could tell there was maybe, like, a little weirdness with how that went, considering, you know, we've now gotten three or four at like different endings to, to the clone wars yeah, be since, nice if somebody that. brought that back I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe even a spinoff who knows right so it, it was very it was very like a weird time for for animated fans but also an exciting time and i think i was probably not alone in thinking star wars rebels would be a continuation of the clone wars design animation and having this idea that it was you know the the foundation of the rebellion like more specifically than what we got i think it was maybe a little bit surprising for me when they started revealing the characters not in a bad way at all but just i was like oh this is very different to what i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be very you know mon mothma heavy like from the get-go something like that but they they started this thing with a with a small small family and um yeah it wasn't a dodana the animated series exactly yeah so, I, so yeah i didn't i don't even think i expected a jedi like to be honest yeah um and that's a big so, thing that we'll have to talk about is how that immediately put an air of dread over the show right like yeah this oh they're not long for this world <laughs> it's <laughs> the ultimate thing yeah it's so it's so weird to like it, like introduce a Jedi in this period. Like you're you're throwing down some some gauntlets there, and um, yeah. So I think, and then the design. You know, say I I just said you know I sort of expected it to be going from where the Clone Wars left off, uh, design wise, and then they come in with this totally different aesthetic. I think we talked before about how the Clone Wars character modeling. I think I can't remember where I read this, but I think it was like someone like Killian, Killian Plunkett or someone like that saying. Clone Wars models were based very much off that like marionette puppet kind of see even down to the way their skin is textured you can almost see like the the paintbrush stroke in in their that season like, seven mall and Anasoka too yeah definitely yeah and then then Rebels is this shift to the Kenner action figures of of your right like with the the arms that go up and down like that and the slender <laughs> the slender like hips and oh, you know yeah. stuff like that and and it's a very different design it's very macquarie like oh, yeah. macquarie in a way that's you know clone wars didn't get into it's totally um, like if you could make play sets out of his paintings like it's, exactly it's the yeah. perfect middle between all those things and, and we'll talk yeah. about it as we get into uh spark of the rebellion but or spark of rebellion but it's it's got like this 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 use of Macquarie's like barren landscapes with like one technological feature. Yeah. Like just the, the gate, tower, right? Just <laughs> the gate. Like, yeah. It's so um, very budget efficient. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and it enables them budget. to... budget. 
cloth budget. I tell you, uh, when we get to when we get to Lando, it's gonna be yeah. twenty minutes of me talking about why does this man have a cape? It's yeah. the cloth budget. Um, I think another big moment in the sort of build up to Rebels was, I believe, Celebration twenty thirteen, the one they did in Germany, where they revealed, I think, for the first time, the Star Destroyer model, and that was like a whoa, like this is happening. Um, I think that might have been like the first actual like physical asset or not physical but like real asset shown of the show and i remember feeling like that was a big thing and just get super excited and then i remember <laughs> i remember uh spark of rebellion leaking in french and <laughs> and yeah oui, oui. <laughs> so it was such a it was a weird build-up but man yeah this is 2014 right i think is when it when yeah. it came out so yeah it was it was a really interesting build-up to this show yeah, and I and that was during a time where again we had by the premiere point maybe we knew Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. We had all seen that same Daisy Ridley headshot uh, from like mm-hmm. IMDb. Like we, we, but we had no inklings of who they were, or what they were, or what's going on. So new Star Wars was so mysterious. I think during Rebel season one, we get the Force Awakens Thanksgiving teaser, mm-hmm. um, but we had we were so in the dark about so many things and for for better and for worse we were all desperately trying to draw connections i mean by the time we get to you know later rebels we'll talk about like some fun dumb theories that went nowhere like uh ezra's dj um (laughs) and last jedi and things like that but we were we were wondering like is this indicative of the new direction like is this something that are these going to be big characters like wow and it was such a big swing you know like you were saying you're not upset to see these characters but you are a little at least perplexed because you were used to clone wars introducing tons of new characters but you had your anchors in the films in characters mm-hmm. that were established in live action i remember knowing that the show was coming knowing it existed but having not seen um, design sheets or, or any sort of teasers and walking through my local mall where we had a Disney store and the Disney store had a big poster for rebels in the glass window. And that season one poster, it's a, uh, it, it, it's fine, but it's definitely confusing if you don't already have any sort of basis for the characters. Yeah. Like if you're coming in like, wow, this is the follow-up to Clone Wars, which was unfair for us to do that, but mm. how could we have not done that? Yeah. Um, but it's got Ezra, big front and center with his slingshot. And I was like, oh, what? Who is this kid? Like a slingshot yeah. that looks really like, I immediately like in my brain placed it in the category of like Lego Star Wars. Yeah. I was like, this might be something to chuckle at. But clearly, like, in my pretentious 2014 mind, you know, because we grow as Star Wars fans and allow yourself to grow. Um, yeah. I immediately categorized it as something to not be taken seriously. And, oh, I guess that Jedi looks cool. Oh, why is that Mandalorian, like, so colorful? That looks a little too earthy for her to have, mm-hmm. like, this pop punk hair. Little did I know that she would become my favorite character, basically. But <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I guess the Twi'lek is the only normal looking one and maybe this Jedi, but he's going to die. So I immediately thought, I'll just wait for Force Awakens. But something compelled, or did we even know it was called that then? Maybe just episode seven. But I I immediately wrote it off and then I remember thinking, you know, I'm going to catch this premiere because I just have such a hankering for Star Wars. and, And 
like we'll talk about in the next episode, um, which is available now. If you're listening to this one, we did do a, a double um, one-two punch launch, so you can jump right into the rewatch with us. So catch us over there for the first episode. But yeah, I I immediately sort of felt like this is pure. Like this is this it gives me the same sort of twinkle in the eye that that New Hope did, and that would persist throughout all four seasons. So yeah. yeah. Did you have anybody that you connected with at the time about the show or, or did you feel like you were, it was your thing at the time? Like no one else really knew. I think, yeah, the, the like fandom in general for me, <laughs> I think we, I think we even talked about this on the very first episode I did on Octa radio where fandom fandom for me was very small mm-hmm. at that point in life. And it was, it was pretty better. much, you could just say better. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I I'll think about that over time more. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, obviously I had friends who liked Star Wars. I didn't have many friends who got Star Wars, you know? And I think it was it was me, it was our good friend and collaborator, Reed Devaney of the, of the Babel Bubble and One and Done. <laughs> um, it was me, him, our other friend, Clint, who we go to celebration with. And that's kind of it for Rebels. And that was... Um, you know, it was very small. I think that's that's just a a word that comes to mind when I think about the way this opened. And I'm glad you brought up that poster because I remember seeing those things and seeing Slingshot Kid and thinking, this just feels very small. And again, the Clone Wars, the galactic, big scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, even by season five, we were we were leaving in you know this show in its peak form at that point. And um, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I just remember feeling. This was very small, probably pretty low stakes, <laughs> and, oh, then, yeah. and then, uh, and then, yeah, it's um, it's such a testament to what to what this what it does. I mean, starting small was the way, and we find that way eventually. And I just yeah, I just remember like the journey through season one was was really unique, and it, it was very much like a re you must unlearn what you have learned kind of thing. With, with Star Wars animation, where it's like, this isn't what we left you with, with the Clone Wars. We're going to, we're rebuilding something different. And, um, and then you're right about the characters. It's like, we, we, we looked at them. I remember their little reveal, like launch videos. And we're like, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they got Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then it's like, man, the way these characters just got in, they, they found a space in your heart and mind. And they're like, oh, yeah. this is mine. This is mine right now. I'm getting in. And um, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so special. I think it's what you mentioned the anchors as well of the Clone Wars. I think it's why this show will always feel so special because we had Ahsoka earn her, earn her place, mm-hmm. right? And, but she had Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme around her. They didn't have anyone. Yep. And they all had to earn that place. I've said that before. That's yeah. exactly, exactly my thought. It was, yeah. It's doing the Ahsoka act six times. Right, six times consistently, and then expanding that. And sure, eventually you do get your appearances from known characters and familiar quantities, but very sparingly. Mm-hmm. And even your big iconic returns are are pretty much in antagonist roles, like Darth Maul, like Darth Vader. And again, still kind of sparingly. I mean, probably your your biggest lingering looming presence is Thrawn over the last two seasons. But yeah. even then, that was a new take on something that was never on screen anyway. So it's interesting to see sort of how 
Dave and, and the team, you know, it, and a lot of the times I do want to say a lot of the times we're going to say like Dave, um, which it's not fair to do that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Dave and company. So it's like, shorthand, it's shorthand, totally shorthand. Yeah. like, please understand that when we say Dave, like that's a shorthand for Dave, uh, Henry Gilroy, uh, Killian, um, Simon Kinberg and season one, there was Greg Wiseman. Greg is like, he ain't no slouch. Like the guy created gargoyles. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. been around saying, and he wrote that Canaan comic. Um, yeah. Which, uh, which we might actually have to do a little special on. That might actually be fun. Uh, yeah, for sure. To talk about I think, I think another thing mentioning that comic, why it feels so good to do this right now is because we've, since this show ended, added another season of the Clone Wars that adds mm-hmm. context to the show. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, which adds context to this show, and the Bad Batch, which adds, adds a lot so of much context, context to this yeah. show, which no one ever thought that we would right. get kind of two little origin stories yeah. for Rebels characters. Uh, I'm sorry, three. I don't want to ever discount Chopper. There he'll, you go. he'll knife me. He'll push, yeah. you, he'll push, you, he'll push <laughs> you out of an airlock. And then he'll laugh. <laughs> <for discounting. laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that little, little fart bot yeah uh, he's, he's the best yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so i think yeah it's i i've been itching to like watch this show many times over the past few months and i was always like no leave it leave way. it for this and yeah. you'll feel better and so now I'm, I'm very excited to start digging in and really making those like seeing things on screen and being like, wow, that's, that's reminding me of this, of just mm-hmm. all this new stuff we've gotten. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's just it, making the connections. I mean, even down to the nitty gritty of like lore and mythology and locations, like the idea of looking at something, especially as we get heavy into the Canaan and Ezra force journey and Ahsoka is this stuff of like, wow, like how does this inform the mythos that we're deepening with, ray and kylo or with the high republic like mm. how, how does that all or, or even with um the obvious visual connectivity between this and fallen order and and the ahsoka show coming up and that's the other thing is what's on the horizon is going to yeah. be a lot of revisiting these characters oftentimes played by other actors it would seem i mean there uh, we don't want to dive into leaks and rumors but there's we know we got katie sackhoff back we mm-hmm. doesn't look like we got many other people back. So we're going to have to see sort of how uh, this plays out. And, you know, just with some quick math, we're going to be doing this show uh, at least for like a year and a half, you know, if we keep the weekly schedule. So this mm-hmm. will probably collide with some news uh, about the Rebels world, which is going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a cool, it's a very like cool time to be jumping back in because yeah, there's stuff in motion for sure. Absolutely. So before we wind down with this sort of introductory conversation, I just have a few more questions that I think are important to field. One, let's start with this. I've already said my favorite character in Rebels is Sabine. She's also with Han Solo, my two favorite Star Wars characters. Who is your character in Rebels? I'm just like you, man. It's, it's Sabine. Sabine Wren was the one who got who got the money <laughs> and uh I, i'm very i'm similar in the same way like it, it's like this dual crown system of favorite mm-hmm. characters for me it's sabine and poe mm-hmm. and um it's like i always try to pick one and i'm like i can't i can't <laughs> so no, so it's just so it's like it's there um and yeah i mean that, and that's it, it's also like i feel like it it can change sometimes like people definitely like rise and fall really quick i like i go on huge canaan kicks 
sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, this guy's the, guy's the best. Uh, and then Hera, obviously, you know, as just the, I, I love, I love so much of the fighter pilot storylines. Obviously, <laughs> I just said Poe is one of my, one of my yeah. favorite characters. So it's like the fighter pilot stuff, the general um, arc, you know, seeing Hera pop up in squadrons and in lego uh freemakers you know as as a new republic general I, i've always super connected to her ezra's obviously got one of the greatest uh mythological arcs i mean he's really like i, I we've had now i mean i'm excluding obviously han solo from solo i'm, I'm also going to exclude jenner so that's a little bit of a different thing but we've had ray ezra Cal Kestis. like we've had some Jedi youth in this period that all sort of have to hit those those key marks in a lot of ways even Omega who is not a Jedi youth but is a youth who's being thrust into that larger world you know taking your yeah. steps and so yeah a lot of that I think was defined for this new era with Ezra in a lot of ways yeah because he is sort of created in the tradition of Luke. I mean, they have the same birthday. Uh, yeah. They, they, are, they are the same age to the day. He sort of is on this parallel journey. Like, he's sort of the Luke you didn't see. He's it's not a one-to-one, but he's like a Neville Longbottom. He's not the right. chosen one, but he's there. He the other be. one. <laughs> he yeah. could be, yeah. He could, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's... And yeah, I mean, you look at it like Ezra, Luke, and Ray. they do just by the, by the paint by dots have a very similar like track. And I think it's, it's why Star Wars is, you know, for, for as many defining phrases that we give it, it's a fairy, it's such a fairy tale. And I mean, you go, Ezra literally goes from street rat to facing down the emperor of the galaxy. Like that is his, and it's like, if that's not a fairy tale, come on. Like that is, and and then Ray, Ray, the Junker, the the scavenger facing down the Emperor of the Galaxy. Luke, the farm boy facing down the Emperor. And it's like, you know, we we have this epic arc and it's like, we'll get there in the end, of course. But it's like, man, just the way these, these, uh, these guys all end up is, it's just monumental for, for this, for the the animated world. It's wild. And, and another thing about that is in terms of those characters, in terms of giving these heroes the supporting cast that they need along the way man and on that note it is as Filoni would emphasize especially later on it is Ezra's story but everybody gets fully serviced with arcs like it's not it's not like the original trilogy where Luke Khan and Leia have arcs but Luke is definitely a everyone else is b and then you know the droids and Chewie not so much Lando sort of in that camp maybe a little elevated here it really is five whole arcs and Chopper, who even then gets character. He gets yeah. he gets a backstory and he gets developed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they serve Ezra. And I think that this one sort of does uh, what Star Wars fandom does a lot. Like if you're a Star Wars fan and you're doing a Star Wars RPG or you're doing Star Wars fan art, like it almost feels like we always have a Jedi character, a pilot character, a droid, an alien, you know, some sort of master. Like this really hit, and then Sabine, so I guess your your, your utility player that could be like whatever. Tech, tech expert. Kind of exactly. Thing, yeah. tech, tech expert, yeah. Mandalorian, whatever. This one sort of plays with that. We checked every box, but it does it in such a dynamic way that I really like. And 
it doesn't always need to be that way. But it is funny how Rebels has trained my mind where when I think about, wow, what if I got to write a Star Wars story? I find myself doing that. I find myself like, well, you need a pilot. And maybe yeah. the pilot can also be your alien. But, you know, you, you got to have two. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's interesting. Uh, at some point, I would love to do a, a deep dive special episode into the art of Star Wars Rebels and just flip through that book because, you know, we're not going to have a ton of time as we're commentating over the episodes to talk backstory but you know there are things that i love in the behind the scenes mythos like how zeb was almost a buff authorian that's something mm. that i go on about uh and and sort of how originally you know hera appeared to be more of the kid and sabine was going to be the adult and different things like that and how they found that right chemistry but it's one of those things where there is no what if scenario that i think could beat what they found and established here um with these characters so yeah the last thing i want to ask you before we get started that we should kick around before we dive into this journey with the ghost crew is knowing the series and i think we should say we're not going to outright constantly call forward on this show because i i think we definitely want to talk about what's there and talk about the themes of the episodes and the moments and the scenes um but we should put up a fair spoilerish warning a spoiler territory warning yeah you know, if, let's say you are. It's going to be hard not exactly. to like, it's gonna think be very about it all. Yeah. It's going to be very hard. So if you are choosing for your first watch to be with us, we're honored. That's wonderful. And we're happy to have you. But if we're talking about something with Ezra and we, and we call forward to where that connects in his journey, just don't want anyone to be surprised or upset about that. So put that out there now. With that said, the question is, what are you looking forward to tracking and keeping mental note of and and experiencing and sort of mental journaling throughout this experience now that you know where it's going is there something that you want to really hone in on i know that you mentioned going into the show thinking it was going to have a lot of mothma and a lot of this the actual rebellion like mm -hmm. you could follow that path you could follow the force path like or is it sort of just uh you know following your favorite characters what what do you what are you hyped to uh to analyze i think i want to focus on Probably yeah, like the, my two, my two strong, like strongest characters, and that's that's probably Sabine and Kanan. I wanna, I wanna watch Sabine's arc a little more closely, especially just because we know, or, or what we've sort of added to our ideas of Mandalorian culture oh, through yeah. the Mandalorian. I wanna think more about that. I wanna see how that all vibes and and what you know ideas that might even create thinking about the Mandalorian going forward. And then I think Kanan has one of the truly great Jedi arcs. I think, you know, his realizations, his moments of triumph, his, his decisive things, I think are all super strong. And I think being able to sort of think about that more intentively as it's happening, um, I think will be really rewarding. So, so yeah, I definitely want to focus on those two, but uh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to love everything again, so oh, yeah, <laughs> it won't absolutely. matter, but um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for those. And I think, I think it's, it's some of the strongest aspects of this show in, in what it did for Mandalore and what it did for the force and like, and what it means to be a Jedi. I think there's a, there was still a lot of like nebulousness on what does it like actually mean to be selfless, a selfless Jedi. And because I think the Clone Wars was still so, so actiony, right? It's almost like, I don't remember those too many of those moments where you're like, this is what we're actually supposed to be doing. Or like, this is how we actually service, you know, others without a lightsaber necessarily. Um, and so I think that's going to be super rewarding to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a show about the small efforts. It's about chipping away at tyranny. It's about activism. It's about um, having people in your charge. It's it's about so many of those themes um, in smaller ways. Again, it, it tricked us. It really did. It's, it's one of the magic tricks of Star Wars. Of This is a low stakes story. Like, oh, you called it Rebels. They're not even in the Rebellion. Well... You'll see what happens. And uh, I think for me, it's it's so much of what you just said, but also I think that I am, and I'm sure you would agree about yourself, I think that I'm in a much better place as a Star Wars thinker. I don't like to be like Star Wars reviewer, Star Wars pundit. I've always like half-joked Star Wars activist is the term that I would want. Like I want to push and promote and, and support the ideas and and the art that's happening here you and i go on about some of our favorite stuff like uh dave filoni's uh, mandalorian episode the jedi and just sort of the the artistry of each one and now that i know more about that stuff i know more about your big names you know your kurosawa and your sergio leone and all that stuff like of course bringing that into it but also just knowing more about story and character and seeing Mm -hmm. what episodes jump out at me more i'm excited to to focus on the journeys that maybe I didn't focus on enough the first time. Like I would love to really hone in on Zeb in this rewatch and, and see what he's going through as a survivor of major trauma um, as sort of on that arc of being the last of his kind, not really, but it, it, in the main galaxy. Um, So we'll definitely see sort of how that all plays out with our evolved perspectives. So I think another character Oh, go ahead. Another character really quick, just because we haven't said him by name, is Callus. Oh, yeah. I think he has one of the sort of best redemption stories within Star Wars. Fantastic. Maybe the best, because it's, it's so just, it's so explored. But yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited for that. I think he's such a great template for what you can do with a, with a villain. And, and another so, character that easily um, could have been one note, or that maybe we wrote off as one note, seeing him for the first time. All right, is this another Tarkin? Is this a, a, mm-hmm. another um, insert Imperial here? Just another guy. I've killed a hundred guys like this in Force Unleashed or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, he really uh, got dimension to it. And you know, thinking about his performance, I mean, David Oyelowo um, and the whole cast. You mentioned Freddie, of course. We we love Tia. We worship the ground Tia walks on. Vanessa <laughs> Marshall, uh, Taylor Gray, uh, uh, St- Steve Bloom Blum. I always say Bloom Blum because I have no idea which one it is. Yeah, yeah. I, think- I don't even know. I think I think I've just heard Bloom more. Yeah, so I, I, I think Bloom. I stick with that. Yeah, I'll say Bloom. And then of course Dave Filoni as as Chop. Yeah, um, as himself. Yep, as yeah, him, as himself. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to you know as we go season by season, rem- like just remembering, like getting into specifics of remembering the the trailers, the the you know. Oh yeah. I think like top five celebration moments. I think are dominated by Rebels panels because they are every every animated trailer is the wildest hype machine. Like of like of all time. You're right. Like, I mean, even outside, I'm, it's, it's kicking it a little bit further than Rebels, but I would say like Rebels season two. I mean, two, three, and four, really. But like, yeah, they just Rebel, they're yeah, just bangers. They're like all bam, the Rebels, yeah. all the main Rebels trailers. Yeah, the, the mid season ones, the Resistance like, season two trailer. Yeah, and the Bad Batch full trailer are all like wow. Like they go. The, so hard i don't know who edits these i don't know if it's in-house or if they give it to the movie people but 
Oh boy. I think it's this guy called I don't know his real name, but I think on Twitter he's called oh, Trailer he, Guy. He does have an account. Yeah. Right. Because he's like Dave Filoni's guy. Yeah, or something like that. Because he um, also like people would like look at his account and creep on him waiting for Mandalorian stuff, right? That's right. Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's so right. I, I don't know his actual name, but uh maybe it's on his account. But yeah, I think it's just like trailer guy or trailer dude or something. We'll have to get trailer guy on the show. Yeah. Trailer. Be like trailer guy. How hype were you when you got to do the Thrawn reveal at the end of that trailer? <laughs> yeah, it's. I can't wait to talk about that moment. Um, but we'll of course save it for for when relevant. And yeah, just amazing stuff. So um, it just thinking about that is even just propelling me forward into into you know the several episodes, several several episodes that will be coming uh, down the pipeline. Yeah, I. I, I... So excited. Couldn't be more thrilled to be on this journey with you, my friend. I think it's high time that some of our text conversations and Zoom conversations were molded like molten gold into content, baby. Uh, (laughs) At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. (laughs) At last, we will have content. Oh, let me tell you, I cannot wait to catch up with that psychopath in this show. Oh, what a a legend, man. (laughs) It's so favorite stuff and that all finale solid. just in general Woo. is absolute grand slam i'm bringing so. a pizza a whole pizza for when we get to the season two finale yeah it's, it's gonna be like movie night live um yeah but yeah so everybody thank you so much for joining us on this special prologue introduction a setting of the table uh for a rewatch between worlds this has been such a fun chat just getting ourselves hyped for this and again as part of the two-part launch of the series you can jump right now over to spark of the rebellion or or spark of rebellion i keep doing that it's spark of rebellion not the rebellion because they're not part of the rebellion yet with a capital r it's rebellion the theme it's rebellion the act well, unless you're Hera. Hera, you know, business-minded, very, very uh, goal-oriented. Forward-thinking. Yeah. Forward-thinking woman. <laughs> These guys, not so much. Uh, but that's why she's the mom. We're just looking for some Melu run. Yeah, we're hungry. Today. We're yeah. hungry. Uh, so, uh, Nick, you want to tell everybody where they can find you, and then I'll tee up our uh, first episode here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I just want to echo really quickly. Super excited to have everyone join us on this. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be on an elongated project on the Octa Radio feed. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here with all, all you guys, all you listeners, um, and can't wait to do this journey. And you can find me uh, on Twitter at Nuquishus, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. Get to listen to me talk Star Wars on uh, my own show, the Imperial Senate Podcast. You can find that at Pod and on uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And then you can also listen to me and Alden do something else called One and Done Film Club with our friend Reed. And you can find that at one and one, the letter N done show. That's right. So everybody, uh, you can find me personally at AD underscore Strider. You can find me on Instagram at a period D period Strider. And as well, of course, be sure to check out one and done film club as we're coming back with our second season soon. And then I would be remiss if I did not mention the sister show of both of our shows, uh, a rewatch between worlds and Octo radio proper, the mandatory and creed hosted by the amazing Tori Fox of creature cartel. She'll be back soon with her third season, season series, however you want to phrase it, talking about Star Tours. She's heavy in research mode on that. And I guarantee you, you're going to learn things about one attraction that you <laughs> never, you never knew. You know, you're never going to turn on that Disney Plus show that they oh, did. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need it. She's got you covered. Uh, bastards taking our shtick. Um, but yeah, so it, we're super excited. 
Um, I will note, I don't know if I said this earlier, but for episodes that are two-parters, um, we'll be doing them together. So when you guys join us for Spark of Rebellion in the actual first episode of this show, it'll be a little bit longer. So just expect that. But for right now, I found the perfect sign-off, you guys. I was telling Nikki off-air, so excited about this <laughs> sign-off. Here it comes, baby. Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf, run. Pick a path, and all is done. See you next time. Mm-hmm.